Thank you for joining us today for Only God Rescued Me, My Journey from Satanic Ritual Abuse. I want to thank everybody who has been supporting this podcast and listening and praying and sending me your support and your encouragement along the way. If you would like to support this podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash onlygod and you can uh, buy coffees there for $5 Or at the last Wednesday of every month for $10, I have a question and answer session if you would like to get in on that. Also, you can go to Anchor or Spotify and sign up $5.99 for a subscription to Lisa's World where I will be going into more intimate details of my life and my story and my journey and, and where I am today. So you can start an account there. It'll take you, I think, 24 hours once you open your subscription for it to become available. And I just want to let you know that that's out there and I appreciate all of you. Please hit subscribe if you get a chance. Have a good day. Hello, welcome to Only God Rescued Me, my journey from satanic ritual abuse. I'm Lisa Meister, your host, and I am a survivor and a victor of SRA. Today, this is really important. If you need inner healing, This is the podcast for you because we have Scott Bitcom here to help us through it. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for coming today. My pleasure. I found you through a friend who found you, and she is Elise Harper. And if you're interested in EMDR, go to her podcast. She's amazing. But she found you, and she went through trainings that you have on inner healing and deliverance online. These are all free for anybody can access them. And she went through them and she said, Lisa, this is amazing. I started implementing what Scott taught me and immediately we got huge breakthroughs in my sessions. So obviously I had to check this out. So I started looking through them and I'm like, oh, wow, I need to talk to you. So. Let's start with um, why do you believe that SRA actually happens? Why do I believe it? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because I've done over 500 clients that have been survivors. And I see that the damage and the, the wreckage that I see, it's the darkest stuff that can happen to a human being. And I, I've seen it in person. The number 500 is staggering. That means 500 people found you. Yes. That's pretty cool. Like the, the part of the vision of this podcast is exposing SRA one story at a time. So you have 500 stories of them. I do. I've seen the worst of the worst. How did you start ministering to your first SRA survivor? I was a brand new minister at a church that just specialized in inner healing and deliverance. And um, the pastor at that time, and this is 20 years, 24 years ago, uh, he knew more about deliverance than anybody in the world. And so he got a lot of people coming to him. And my very first week there, I watched some deliverance to an SRA survivor. I was brought up in a fairy tale upbringing. I mean, I didn't have the worst thing that ever happened to me was I lost a little league game at 10 years old. <laughs> so when I saw what these, this poor woman went through and survived, I mean, it took a piece of me, it, it, the piece of my innocence that will never return. And, uh, but I saw her get relief 
and get some healing and uh, get Satan to take his hands off her life. And uh, I just said, I'm going to do this. So you're kind of thrown right into the fire on that. Deep end. Yeah. Head first. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what you would have thought at that moment if you were going to God said, hey, you're going to have 500 of these in your life. <laughs> uh, I probably would have turned around and run. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Does deliverance look different for SRA survivors versus other abuse survivors? Only a little bit. Um, just because many of them, there's programming involved where they have programmed the little wounded, the, the damage, the wounded parts to do things. Uh, so other, but otherwise, it's pretty much the same. It's just wounds and demons. If you simplify all of deliverance, it's just wounds and demons. And just these wounds are a little, just a slightly different. And sometimes you have to treat the people a little differently because of the way they've been abused. Uh, sometimes the, the abusers will dress up as priests or, or uh, you know, clergy and, and use their Bibles and crucifixes to, to uh, torture them. So little, little, but everything else is still just the same. Uh, do you have to go to a deliverance minister to get deliverance? No, anybody can do this. Jesus died to give us the authority to do this. He came to preach the gospel, heal the brokenhearted, and set the captives free. And he gives every single one of us that same authority. I like that. Because a lot of times we can't get to somebody. We don't know who to get to. We don't know who to trust. Or it takes money. Yes. So, yeah. Or it's the middle of the night, nobody's awake, and it, oh, I need it right now. Yep. So we go straight to Jesus. That's right. And that's, that's the goal once you, once you get started with somebody is to teach them how to do it themselves. So right. in the middle of the night, they get triggered to get attacked. They know exactly what to do, take care of it, and roll over and go back to sleep. That I like. That I like. Your videos talk about... Uh, dividing the soul and the spirit. Can you explain that? Because I think it's Very important. Good question. Yes. Uh, when you see deliverances on, on uh, YouTube or on the internet, uh, it's usually chaotic. And that is because you've got a wound that holds all the emotion because the torment comes from wounds that hold the emotions, like a little file that holds all the memory and, and the, uh, the uh, emotion. And you, gotta, you have demons on that just tormenting all of that. And so when you use the word of God, the sword of the spirit is living and active, sharper than a two-edged sword, even to the dividing soul and spirit, bone and marrow, thoughts and tense the heart. When you declare, I divide soul and spirit, you're not actually dividing the, the person's soul and spirit. You're dividing the demonic spirits off the hurt part of the soul. So now you can work with this without interference from the demons. So how do you divide it? Just declare it. I divide soul and spirit. According to Hebrews 4.12, you don't even have to say Hebrews 4.12. The demons know exactly what you're saying, and they, they don't even have a choice. Bang, off they come. And now you can work with this, or you can work with this. I like Peter. that. Right. Uh, the key to inner healing, I believe, in what you were saying, is bringing healing to the root trauma. Did I have that correct? Yes, um, Jesus says that he's closest to the brokenhearted. And when you get hurt badly enough that you disassociate, we well, just kind of check out. In fact, that's half my, half my doctorate, demons and dissociation. 
when we get hurt, you, you check out, even if it's for one second, that creates the wound and instantaneously demons come in. And so, yes, we're going to get all the way down. We're going to get that triggered and ask the Lord to come. And he's already there, but they're just ready to hear it and perceive. So get it triggered. I think a lot of the survivors listening today would go, oh, whoa, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so how, how do we make that a safe thing? And why do we have to trigger that wound? Well, it's, it's not quite like a trigger uh, out in the world because you don't have the demons on the wound attacking it. So all they're doing is just re going back to the memory in their mind. And when they're there, you just ask the Lord to come because he says, I'm closest to the brokenhearted. And he comes every single time, either just takes the emotion from the wound or he, he brings truth. And it's permanent. It's healed all the way at the root. Sometimes a survivor will get triggered. Just something in their daily life will put them back into something that happened in the past. Yep. When they find themselves in that triggered space, what should they do? Well, they may or may not know where the original wound was. They've triggered an old wound, but you can very easily get that healed. You can use whatever triggered you today. You're in a you're shopping in a, in a store and you ask some 16 year old clerk, you know, hey, where are the scarves? And the, that clerk looks at you just like in disgust and just turns away. And you feel so rejected and so worthless and you just, you're overreacting. You've been triggered. You don't have to even know where the wound was back in your, in your past. You can just maybe step away, close your eyes, say, I divide soul and spirit. And that, that gets the demons off the wound. They just replay those words that that person said to you or whatever the incident was. And then ask the Lord to come. And he'll come right then. He'll speak or he'll just bring, take the emotion and bring peace. And then you command the demons to go. And that one will never trigger again ever. It, do you... Do you find that God is gentle in this process? He is. He's very gentle. And uh, you'll see it in the videos. And he's faithful. Um, I don't do anything. I'm just, I'm just kind of holding their hand while they're, while they're going through it. And yes, he, he is gentle. Some people are really afraid of God when they've been used in rituals. So they'll get saved. But because of the Bible, the crucifix, or someone dressed up as Jesus doing the abusing, yep. it can be really hard to trust God. How, how can we help them trust him better? The little wounded parts of people will, they don't obey like a demon. <clears throat> a demon has to obey you. Uh, but the little wounded parts obey the, the core person. So if the core person will just tell that little wounded part, you just listen to what Jesus says. He, and, and he's a gentleman. He will stand back and uh, he doesn't have to touch them or, and he's, he's just gentle. And once one wound is healed, the interesting part, all of the parts feel that and they all know, oh, oh my gosh, there was a healing. And, and a lot, and sometimes they all want to be healed. Like right now, they just jump right up and, but yeah, everybody feels it. Can you heal more than one part at a time? Yes. Uh, that's the wonderful part in, that I've uh, discovered just from doing this. You can, you can group them together. You can group a whole bunch of, say, uh, 
uh, uh, wounds that hold fear, fear and terror and panic, anxiety, worry and stress, just all the fear type wounds. You can group them all together, have all those parts come together right before the Lord and he speaks to them or, or touches each one of them or he brings peace and they're all healed at one time. And then, of course, you can make the demons go that we're tormenting those. So you divide the soul and spirit. Divide the soul and spirit. And I ask the Holy Spirit to bring all the parts that are afraid. Bring them before Jesus. And, and some people are real visual and other people aren't. But the ones that are visual, if they've been hurt a lot, you'll, you'll hear them say something like, oh, my gosh, it's like a stadium in here. There's so many little hurt parts that are afraid. And then the Lord heals them and off they go. I did it once and it was like I was on this toboggan going down the hill, but it was like all these parts, like one behind me, like the super long to like going on forever, just going down this hill. And yep. like when I hit the bottom, it's like God healing and integration with everybody at this. Like, yeah, I could almost feel them like thudding into me as we stopped at the, it was just the coolest thing. It felt good. I mean, it felt, I mean, it was deliverance. It was great. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's different. So I never use uh, guided imagery. I never tell them what to think or anything like that because the Lord does everybody differently. You're a toboggan. Somebody else, he takes them out walking by a stream. Uh, um, analytical people, they don't see anything. They don't hear anything. They just immediately feel the peace come. Uh, you know, it's everybody's different. So I just let the Lord do what the Lord does. <clears throat> One thought, when you divide the soul and spirit, do you have to send the spirits anywhere like some people send them to the pit you know well you can't send them to the pit yet they still have a legal right to be there in that wound okay so when you divide soul and spirit you just lay in the demons aside for a bit okay um and then once you get the wound healed then you can command these things to go and they go you just say go yeah, go to the pit and okay cool it's calm and it's peaceful nobody's throwing up no gagging none of that stuff you talk about when people are ministering to help the person with their parts to feel safe. So there is a conversation that you have people have, have the, per, the host have with their parts. Can you explain that? Yes. Um, I used to do everything in person, but now that everybody's hiding out in their house after COVID, uh, everything's vir uh, you know, virtual. Um, I would do what I call self-talk. And before we start, um, when you're doing deliverance, you never have to worry about a demon touching you or hurting you. If you ever get touched in a deliverance, it's the, it's, it's the human, it's the human part, parts. So I'll divide soul and spirit and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll have the person talk to those parts and tell them, you know, I wanna be healed. And I want you to be healed. They're speaking third part to those little hurt parts of, of their soul. And they're telling them that they're safe now and that Scott's safe and uh, they love Jesus. They want all of the parts to know Jesus. And they, and they want you just come on up and answer Scott's questions. Remember, I told you the, the core person still has authority over their own mind and their own parts. So then and if you're in person, I make sure I have them look at me. Just look at me and the little look out of their look out of. Lisa's eyes and I would tell her just look out of Lisa's eyes and just look into mine and see that I'm safe and the coolest thing is when Jesus says he's closest to the brokenhearted they see Jesus in you if you're the minister and they know instantly you're safe so you can you could take them to a trauma where some man hurt them and they will never lash out and hit me 
So it calms everything down. What do you do when there's a part that takes over? Like a lot of times it's co-conscious. So like if a part comes forward, you understand somebody else is kind of there, but it's almost like you're dual in your mind. It's like you're like, for me, it'd be like who I am, but then there's this five-year-old kind of taking over. Like my kids used to say, you'd walk around all of a sudden singing all these kids songs, like this old man, you know, like they said it was bizarre. It's just, you know, until I learned about and started integrating that would periodically happen. But that was, I was co-conscious. So I was kind of me, kind of her at the same time. But, But some people like they, they lose time because another part comes and takes over. We call that an abbreviation. So like, how do you handle that? Like Um, to tell the person that they have control and they shouldn't, the other person shouldn't be taking control. Well, once you get the part healed, then it doesn't, it doesn't take control anymore. So actually I don't mind having that part come up fully because then it really gets to be a problem if you've got the, the core person and the little part the core person and the little part the core person's getting in the way it's right. actually better if the core person can kind of get in the back seat for just a minute and we have the lord come and heal that that part that keeps taking over uh you sometimes you have a problem because you can't get them to come back yeah but you did all you yeah. gotta do is say their name a couple of times and they kind of pop back okay that help very much so there's like, there's so many complicated aspects. Yeah, it's still just wounds. Oh, yeah. Wounds and demons. Some dissociated parts claim that they're cult loyal. Are there parts that are cult loyal? Absolutely. Yeah, especially when you're dealing with survivors, SRA survivors. They, they have been programmed to, uh, the, the, the Satanists intentionally create these parts because they know as soon as they create a part, instantly demons come in. And, uh, and so they're trying to demonize these people. And so, but they can also program those parts to do certain things. I even made a little quick list here uh, to like come back to the, to the coven on the high holy days, to drink blood, to kill babies, to uh, protect the perpetrator in case somebody ever calls them on it. No, they, they protect that person instead of turning them into the cops uh, to commit suicide if anybody gets down there. I mean, there's, so they're loyal to the cult and it's just, Remember the the wounded part has demons on it, and the, the 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 little wounded part has been programmed to do something, but the demon keeps reminding it, you know, to kill yourself, kill yourself, or or whatever it is. So when you divide the soul and spirit, you get the demons off. Is that yep. part that's left still cult loyal, or is yes. it? Yep. And then when Jesus comes, he does one of two things: he either brings truth to a lie, or he just takes the emotion. He brings truth to a lie. And so when he tells them, when he tells that little wounded part, you know, I'm the truth or whatever, it's just a couple, it's usually four words or less. He just brings a couple of words and instantly that part isn't a lot of the cult anymore. Okay. Interesting. That's real quick. Yeah. I like that. How do you tell the difference between parts and demons? Because like some people try to cast out what they think is a demon, but it's actually yeah. a part. And then we get all sorts of trouble in deliverance ministries because of that. Oh, that's a great question. Very, um, it's really very simple. I mean, first of all, the reason you're, there's a problem is some, some altars act a little like demons and some demons act like parts. So 
if you and I get confused still sometimes, but there's just one very simple question. Are you spirit or flesh? It's one that's up. Are you spirit or flesh? And if it if it's if it's flesh, the, a wound or the person, you're either going to get I'm flesh or it says I don't know because it doesn't even know what you're talking about. But if you've got a demon up and you say Are you spirit or flesh, it's this is you're going to see why Satan fell. He fell from what pride. You're going to see that demon go. Oh, I'm spirit. I'm spirit. He doesn't want to be some lowly little piece of flesh. That's disgusting to him. So are you spirit of flesh? So they're not going to lie about that. No, they, they're so proud. You, you, you'll laugh. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. I'm sorry, but I'm just really enjoying this interview. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I need to know this. As, you won't forget. But, like, yeah, we'll keep like This is great. Some survivors still have demons attacking them. They feel it come into the room, they're agitated, they're, you know, they're feeling, some feel claws, some just feel really upset, some feel it like energy and they're scared. Yep. How do you deal with that? Well, the, the only reason the demon has a right to do that is because he still has a right in a wound. Because all the torment comes from demons attacking wounds. Uh, and so if you feel something touching you in the middle of the night, let's say, uh, it's got a wound. That demon that's doing it has a wound. And so you, you have the authority to make it tell you the age and the emotion of that wound. The spirit that was just touching me, how old was I when I got hurt when you came in? You tell it, place it before my mind. I mean, you're, you're, you're demanding it tell you. You're, you know, you're, you're using your authority and you get seven. And you say, what was the emotion that hurt me when I was seven? And you get shame, let's say. And then all you do is say, I divide soul and spirit. And Jesus come to the seven-year-old that holds the shame and be real still. He comes, he says, you're clean or you're, you're wonderfully made or something. And instantly that wound is healed. And you command those demons to go to the pit. They're gone. And so it's, this, it's the same demon coming in that's been attacking you. Yeah. So it's not left. just all these different. Yeah. Okay. So he's just like manifesting differently, maybe attacking uh, well, differently. No, it's probably another, it's another demon. I mean, you can have multiples of the same kind of demon. Is that okay. kind of what you're asking? Yeah. Well, like if they're in a room and they're saying, I feel it come in and attack oh. me. Is okay. that the exact same demon that was attacking you when you were seven or is yep. it a completely different demon? Nope. Same one. So it's still attached. So maybe it's just manifesting or trying to scare you by a yep. grand entrance sort of a thing. Exactly. It's okay. already, it's already in you. Right. It didn't jump off somebody else. Or... Okay. Some survivors are raped by demons. What do we do there? Uh, just exactly what I was just talking about that. Same You're, thing. The, same thing. You divide, you, first of all, you divide soul and spirit and command the demon to go down. Boom. Instantly he'll drop. He'll, he'll go down, not to the pit or anything, but he's off and off of you. And it'll stop. But it, that's only that's only temporary until you get the wound healed and you're already triggered from this rape that's happening as you're sleeping or whatever you're already triggered you're, you're shaking you know, you're shook so go ahead and just say jesus come now he'll come he'll speak or he'll bring peace and then command those spirits to leave and roll over and go to sleep maybe even before you go to sleep since you know the game go anybody else want to come out and play that's what i thought just roll over and go to sleep Wow. 
because I have a lot of survivors and, oh, you know, this is, we've been trying to find an answer to this for a while. It's on a I've wound. Been, They've yeah. probably been touched inappropriately somewhere or raped or whatever. And that wound's still there. It's not healed all the way to the root. If it's not at the root, you haven't, it's not going where the demon isn't. A lot of survivors cannot get a peaceful sleep. How, is there anything that we can do before we go to bed to help with that? You can always bind the function of a demon. I bind the function of say insomnia. And if you're laying, if you're laying there and you, you can't go to sleep or you keep waking up in the middle of the night, uh, you can, if there's a demon causing it, sometimes it's you worried about stuff, but if it's, if it's a demon causing it, you can just, you can just declare, if there's a spirit causing me to, to uh, stay awake, how old was I when I got hurt when you came in? Just tell it, you place that age before my mind. And if you get an age, that's a demon. Now I want the emotion to hurt me when I was eight and you, you get fear. I divide soul and spirit and Jesus come to the eight-year-old that holds the fear. Then command the, when he comes, then command the demons to go. I wish it was more complicated, but it's. No, I like it that it's not because we keep doing the same thing with each, right. each area. Nightmares. Okay. Many, many times that's a, that's a wounded part that say holds terror and you've got a demon on there, you, go, you fall asleep, he's not doing anything to it. And then as soon as you're deep in sleep, he starts attacking that wound that holds terror. And you get a huge nightmare. I mean, sometimes the nightmare is just a nightmare. You know, you just shouldn't have had pepperoni for you in that pizza, but. Right. Well, some survivors deep. have constant nightmares. They're afraid yes. to go to sleep because they will have these nightmares. Yep. Well, go ahead, and if you're in the middle of the nightmare, you're already triggered. Remember, that's what I try to do with people is let them help them get get to their own pain, and then ask the Lord to come. And so, if you're if you're in the middle of a nightmare, just divide soul and spirit and say, "Jesus, come." And then He reveals. Yep, He'll the healing. Just take that terror, or He'll speak a couple of words, or show you something, and immediately that wound is healed. Command those demons to go. Roll over and go to sleep. Nice. Sleep is something survivors need. I know. Peaceful sleep. Exhausted. Peaceful yeah. sleep. Yeah. I, one thing that really bothers me in a lot of deliverance ministries, and it's because of being a survivor of rituals in the macabre of the blood of everything, that when people are trying to do deliverance and they say, it's only when I plead the blood of Jesus that the demons will go. And I've heard this a lot. I'm like, it is. You know, I've looked through the Bible and it's always the authority of the name of Jesus in the Bible where those demons leave. What do we say to the people that say, nope, it's only when you plead the blood? Because I don't see that as scriptural anywhere, pleading blood, personally. So you're talking about... People doing deliverance. People that are... Just by pleading the blood. Right. Well, they... I mean, the blood of Jesus is what is where the power is, but he, his spilling of his blood is what gave us authority in his name to cast stuff out. Um, if a demon doesn't leave instantly and permanently, Lisa, when you command it to go instantly and permanently and quietly, he's not leaving. He just hides. He, he can't come back if he's, if he's been cast to the pit. So, 
Yeah. You got to just find the legal right, how he got in and how he's staying. And it's always the same thing. Right. It's just like some people, they're like, I, I'm like, I don't think it's the blood of Jesus that makes them go. And they're like, well, when no. I pray for people, it, he doesn't go until I use that. And I'm like, that just bothers me. Because in rituals, the blood was everywhere. Oh, yeah. I you see. know, so to me, it's a ritual idea to bring the macabre of the blood of Jesus. Oh. Oh, you know I what I'm saying? saying. Yeah. So to me, that's a ritualistic <clears throat> idea that's come into the church that I'm like, this, I, I, I don't like this at all. I, I see where you're going there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in dedications, when people get dedicated, whether it's in their life or in past generations, and I've dealt with thousands and thousands of these where they, uh, they, um, they're dedicated. They, it's, it's on the mother's or father's side. They, there's almost always blood, just as you said, animal or human blood that is used in the dedication. There's usually sexual perversion, like, you know, having sex in the blood. Yeah. And then, then they ask for something, you know, you make, give it, give us wealth or give us power or whatever. And there's, and that's the dedication. And they're going to have to renounce that. They're going to have to uh, break the curse of that. It's generational. Right. And uh, cover, you cover that sin with the blood of Jesus and renounce maybe what the, the money that was, uh, you know, the, the provision from Satan rather than provision of God. Right. And if it's generational, then you can command that generational stuff to leave. If it's done in your life, there's probably a trauma involved. So you're going to have to get that trauma healed up. Right. And you don't, you probably don't want to be talking about pouring the blood of Jesus on this person after they've been through, a, you know, an animal sacrifice, the, the, the little part will freak out. Yeah, I was in a church once and a friend came and said, I just uh, plead the blood of Jesus all over you. And I started screaming and oh, ran yes. out of the church. I'm oh like, my gosh. I mean, it yeah. just, I was in a part and I was just horrified yep. and like, yep. I was out of there or like yeah. being washed in the blood. I'm like, no, we're, there's nowhere in the Bible that's that we're washed in pure water, you know, sprinkled with the conscience of the blood. That's all I see. You know, I yep. was, I totally like, that's understand. a ritual idea. Let's not go there. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I totally understand. And even with uh, ritual abuse survivors, Sometimes they like you you were talking about you got pastors or priests, people that dress up like that, and they're using the name of Jesus as they're as they're traumatizing the person. So if you start even saying the word Jesus, they trigger right. horribly. Uh, so I just I use different names. I just ask JC to come or ask the Nazarene to come. And uh, I like that. Yeah. He gets it done. He know Jesus knows who he is. Well, I think it's good because you're not telling the survivor they shouldn't be that way. Mm -mm. You're working with survivors to make them safe. Absolutely. Which is what we need more in the ministering community for sure. And it's peaceful and it's calm. There's no theatrics. If you can right. get, if you get the demons off the wound, that's the first thing that calms everything down. Right. And this, it is with the demons too. Right. It, you, we don't need to be afraid of demons. No. You know, it's not screaming and yelling. Like you said, it's, it's gentle. You're just, we already have the authority. It comes from the cross. Yep. You know, we get it when we get saved, we walk into that. So learning how to walk in it as a survivor is very important, yep. but it's also important for ministers as they come around us, which thankfully there's more and more ministers and people wanting to help, which yep. I'm thrilled. So let's like get them properly trained, 
how best to help. Survivors. And there's no, like you said, there's no reason to be afraid of these things. Once you find out, once you get the demon off the wound, his all of his power is in that wound, and his legal right is in the wound. Once you once you get rid of this, you find out the demons are like a gnat. It's just like beat it. They're nothing compared right. to Jesus, you know, compared to his authority. But I try to tell people that are afraid of the demonic. It's like, look, I was a child where the demonic had more power than anywhere. And God got me through it. Yep. So I think he can get me through anything else I think. because I think he's bigger. Certainly I'm is. Pretty sure. I'm pretty <laughs> sure at this point. <laughs> All right. So if anybody wants to access your videos and everybody listening should access your videos, because even if you're not an SRA survivor, you're going to need inner healing and the people around you are going to need healing, even if it's not SRA specific. Yep. So where can they go? Uh, innerhealinganddeliverance.org and uh, uh, one of the one of the tabs says training and if you it's a drop down and if you there's several drop downs there but one of them is uh, warfare training or something like that and just click on that and there's all the videos <clears throat> I don't know it's a college course actually there's a uh, gosh 11 12 hours of, of me training and it, there's a me training about inner healing and healing the brokenness and then me doing it with I don't know eight or nine different people just one specific wound they've been beaten or rejected or betrayed or raped or whatever and then there's me training about the deliverance and then two full deliverances start to finish where you can watch the demons come up and how they're how they work with the the wounds and uh, then there's self inner healing and deliverances there because every single person that I minister to that they haven't gotten to every last wound in, in one sitting and uh, I have them doing it themselves. And then there's even evangelism there if you've got a heart for evangelism. Wonderful, and then you have PDFs of a book that you've written there too? Yep, and all, the, all the training uh, stuff and all the, all the prayers that I pray during the deliverance, they're all there as well as uh, my book. Uh, and it's, Which is the book, it's just what I'm training already. Which is also free. So it's free. Oh yeah, it's all free. Everything you have is free. Yes. That is amazing. I cannot thank you enough from the survivors. Thank you for what you're doing. Oh, I, yes. I just really honor you and, and your ability to hear what God is saying and to move in our community and bring healing and deliverance, which is exactly what we're looking for. So um, I know we'll have you back again and just really appreciate you. And as you walk forward, God bless you and your family your ministry. Well, thank you, Lisa. You know, we've got to keep the Luciferian kingdom shaking, increasing, and keep them on the run. So every day and with your friends who know Christ, let's uh, believe that we, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we believe the Bible that says we are seated in Christ Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And from this position in Christ, speaking as one under the unction of the Holy Spirit, let's keep up these declarations and decrees. So let's do this together as one now. And repeat after me. From where we are seated in Christ Jesus. From where we are seated in Christ Jesus. At the right hand of the Father. At the right hand of the Father. The Lord God Almighty says. The Lord God Almighty says. The time has come. The time has come. For the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken. 
for the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken. We decree together. We decree together. Let the great shaking. Let the great shaking. Of all who worship Lucifer begin. Of all who worship Lucifer begin. Your, and we say unto the kingdom of darkness. And we say unto the kingdom of darkness. Your sorceries and sacrifices. Your sorceries and sacrifices. Will not help you. Will not help you. Your protection is removed. Your protection is removed. The shaking of the Luciferian kingdom increases. The shaking of the Luciferian kingdom increases. And keeps increasing in the days ahead. And keeps increasing in the days ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The son of the living God. The son of the living God. Amen. Amen. It's done. Amen.